Hey, Sean, have you ever thought about if you're living to work or working to live? Maybe doing a side gig job? Yeah, absolutely. I will, um, I'll be one of the nerdy people and say, you know, I have my, my parents' basement full of baseball cards, right? And I've, I've definitely gone down there and, and kind of, you know, shuffled through them to see if there's any of those hidden gems that you hear about on the internet, you know, that million dollar Mickey Mantle card. But uh, no luck yet to this point. <laughs> nice. So you struck out is what you're saying. I definitely struck out. Yes, it's uh, the process of, of going through them is fun. But yeah, no, no million dollar card just yet. <laughs> so you're keeping your day job, which is great for all of us here who want to hear more about how are you doing at your job working to live or living to work on your regular day to day job, Sean, because that's of interest to us today as well. And uh, Grant, as you kicked us off today, did you ever think about actually doing something on the side, like a little side hustle instead of your normal everyday well-being gig at Affinity? Oh, only every day, you know, thinking about making hot sauce, thinking about, you know, brewing beer, lots of little <laughs> side side hustles that never, never quite took off. But, you know, as long as you enjoy what you're doing, it's not really work, right? Absolutely. That's right. Absolutely is right. And at Wellbeing in Your Wallet, for those of you who are uh, listening, thank you so much. But this isn't our full-time job. Maybe this is sort of <laughs> our side hustle, our gig. And we are so happy to have you back for our third installment today, which is financial well-being in your career. Are you living to work or are you working to live? So a couple of weeks ago, we had a discussion about this. If you all remember, um, my name is Jackie Kearns, and I am a Chief Brand and Strategy Officer at Affinity Federal Credit Union. We are located in New Jersey, but based across all 50 states. And I have the esteemed pleasure to be with my two best buddies in well-being, Grant and Sean, who I'd love for you to introduce yourselves right now, if you could, guys. I, uh, yeah, my name is Sean Lubitz. I'm the Vice President of Retail and Digital Branching here at Affinity Federal Credit Union. And I'm Grant Gallagher, Head of Financial Wellbeing and Brand Communications. That's great. And again, we're so happy to be back here with you all. And really for a number of reasons, we feel that there's some timely things happening in our world. We all know that things are definitely in terms of our well-being shifting, changing every day. And we hope that you all find some value with this segment today about living to work or working to live. So Sean, do you want to kick us off and uh, see what's going on in the world of keeping us on our toes and asking us these cutting in questions? Absolutely. I'd love to kick it off and get your opinions first before I, uh, before I jump in. So my question for both of you today to kind of get the conversation started is, are higher prices affecting you, your family, or even those around you um, in, the current, in the current environment? I'll let Grant go first because he has a, a few different things going on <laughs> in his environment that he liked to speak of. Yeah, no, that's that's a that's a resounding yes. I mean, it's you know, it really is all around us. And and you know, one of the things that I I encourage people to do is you know look look at the cost of the things that you need. You know, um, if you're not really paying attention, I, I I know that one of the things you can do is just kind of go about your normal business and not really pay attention. And then you look at your account at the end of the month, and you're like, wow, what where where'd all my money go? Um, you know, and, and it's going into all the things that you always used to do that were status quo, but prices have gone up, you know, I, I see it at the grocery store, you know, I've, I've changed some of my, uh, brand names to, to, uh, generic store brand items. I've, you know, realized that my Jubani flips yogurt are unfortunately like 50% more expensive than they used to be. And you'd think yogurt's a small thing, but. You know, now I'm now I'm buying those big tubs, which are a little bit cheaper and, you know, getting my granola from Costco and, you know, doing what I can to really um, make it so that at the end of the month, I do have something left in the account. How about you, Jackie? 
Well, it's interesting you uh, mentioned the grocery store because the other day when I was driving to the grocery store, I needed gas. <laughs> and I made the mistake of pulling into a place that I didn't really look at the old gas dashboard of how many gallons <laughs> per dollar or dollar per gallon. And when I looked over, I realized that I did not pay the cash price either. And in New Jersey, for those of you who don't know, we don't have to pump our own gas, which is a great thing, but we definitely have to pay for it. And the credit card price was almost a dollar more than the uh, cash price. So not only recognizing it in how much it costs to fill up, which I often do, um, noticing the difference if you're just like me that day, com completely kind of distracted by life and pulling in. I think I almost paid $6 a gallon. And um, yeah, it, it, it hit me. And then it also, my daughter's almost about to drive. It had her and her friends when they were trying to go to the mall the other day. They were putting together their change to get over there. So I think it's everywhere, right? There's no one place that you can say it's isolated to at this point. It's just the economy in general. And I'm sure, Sean, you feel the same way. I know you have a household full of young ones as well, right? I'm sure you're feeling that even this Halloween. Absolutely. I, um, so it's funny. I, I read an article in Forbes the other day, and they talked about some of the, the largest price increases over the last 12 months. One of the things on that list was electricity, right? 15.5% increase over the last 12 months. Um, I find myself being that father now that, uh, you know, why is your why is your light switch on in your bedroom, right? Why? Why is this light on if no one's in that room? Let's turn these off. You don't you don't have a lock on the thermostat, do you? No, not yet. Not yet, but I'm getting there. If we hit 20% increase, the lock's going on the uh, the thermostat for sure. <laughs> but it's one of those things that as it increases over time, you don't necessarily feel it month to month. But when you look back and you look at you know the previous year and what you paid, you definitely see the increase and the uh, the impact that has on you. But definitely being more uh, more conscious, right? During the day, do we need these lights on if no one's in the room? You know. Why right. is the light switch not turned off? It's all about thinking about every cent matters, right? And making yeah. the most of every cent that you have. And as we talk about this more on well-being in your wallet, we want to make sure that we're connecting to the real topics that mean the most to each of you out there. What happens in your household, we want to know more about. And especially as we talk about different things that we feel at Finity we can help with, right? Some things that go a long way. And we'll talk more about those throughout the episode today. Uh, really well-being, you know, how we define it is just what you're feeling emotionally about the things around you. If you listen to one of our first episodes, we really went a little bit deeper in how much well-being matters to a mission-based organization like Affinity. And today we really want to focus in on something that we call one of the five elements of well-being. There's financial, which we covered in the first episode, but there's also something based on your career and how you work every day. And as you heard us opening up, we're really really interested when you hear about the great recession or the quiet resignation or things that are happening in our job market and then how you pay for things, right? You're putting a lot of things together that have to do with your well-being. We also want to make sure that we hear from not only Grant and Sean, but our members and our listeners over time. What are you thinking about? How do you feel about topics of this nature and how can you help us with future podcasts that we want to have? So I think the first thing, let's go back to and answer a little bit more around living to work or working to live. What do you both think is, what was, first of all, I want to ask you this question. What was your dream job growing up? What did you want to do? What did you close your eyes and think about in class all the time? I could start this one. Um, and I, I definitely missed the mark, but happy, I guess happy to say I missed it because I'm very happy in what I'm doing now, but I wanted to be a marine biologist. Wow. Terrified of the ocean. I will tell you right now, it terrifies me. But for some reason, when I was younger, I wanted to know everything that was in there. And, you know, it's just all the, the creepy crawlies, the sharks. You're a everything. Free Willy fan? Were you watching a lot of Free Willy? Yeah, of course. Willy of too? course. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was my dream job being younger. Yes. But 
Nice. Definitely right. not not in that uh, realm right now. And Grant? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm still trying to figure out what I want to be when I grow up. It's uh, <laughs> I I always was drawn to entrepreneurship, but it's kind of figuring out what that means, what business to go into. Um, you know, I I've never quite figured that piece out, and that's kind of like the critical the critical element, right? So. Um, you know, still, still getting there, still figure it out one day that, that, you know, passion project will fall into my lap that I'm like, Oh, this makes a ton of business sense. Let's, let's take it out there. And then, you know, sorry, you're going to have to find a new, uh, head of financial well-being and brand communications here at affinity. <laughs> or maybe we could still have you be part of it and just have you, uh, spend some of your other time doing that other entrepreneurial thing. Maybe we can keep <laughs> you here. I, I think it's really interesting. You both went to a place of feeling right? And, and my uh, dream job growing up was actually to be an architect. And then I realized it wasn't about Legos and just putting the Barbies in the right dream house. It was actually about knowing something about math and <laughs> structural engineering that kind of played into something that didn't play into my strengths. And the other job that I always joke about having was I did play bank growing up. So I had a little uh, container of money from the Monopoly board and I would issue out and write different things out. Didn't have credit cards, just savings and loan was all of that was my gig. But why I liked it so much was my dad was a banker and I could see how he touched people's lives through what he did. And I think today, especially as we kicked it off, you know, there's so many things that are challenging those out there, all of us, right? Cost, expense, planning still. And, and how do you really, you know, live to work opposed to always working to live? And a lot of our country's facing that right now, right? With the rising cost of things, more people have to do more things to put the food on the table, choose between heating and eating. And it's, and it's a very pivotal time for all of us. So I want to talk to you all a little bit about that lens. You know, um, Sean, since you're not a marine biologist, but you are, <laughs> and congratulations since our last episode, you were promoted. So congratulations that you're doing something thank here you. that really connects well for us at Affinity. It's excellent. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. That. Thank you for all your service. But what do you think about it when you talk to your team and you try to not only talk to them about their own living to work or working to live like what's the response you're getting from some of our members as well as our team members yeah it's um it's an interesting topic and i do think again when we look at how how much time people put into their careers and how much time they put in on, even on a weekly basis even if you are working 40 hours a week that's a huge chunk of not only that week that month but our lives um so you really do you want to find something that you're passionate about um work is work i always tell people that right? you have good days and bad days but you want to make sure that you really, truly enjoy what you are doing. And I will say, again, in my role here, it's there are some difficult conversations with members. But to see people really walk out of a branch or out of a phone call and be in a better financial situation, it it's a game changer for me. Um, it really does. It's, it's very easy to go home, put your head on the pillow at night, knowing that you changed someone's life for the better. Um, so I'm very passionate about that. Um, and I know our team members in the branches over the phone as well, they are very passionate as well. But also being in finance, I do meet a lot of people who don't have that in their lives, right? They, they wake up every morning, they dread going to work. Um, if, if you really don't enjoy what you're doing or have a passion for what you're doing, you're, you're not putting your best foot forward. As much as you might feel like you are, um, you're not doing yourself um, any justice. And your employer probably recognizes that as well. So to me, it is very important to find something that, you know, obviously does pay the bills, but you do have that passion for, and you, you wake up in the morning and you're excited to go to work. Uh, it doesn't feel like work at that point. It's important. And I think the excitement, the passion, actually the ability to stay focused and get up and come back into that next day and face those things. Uh, we recently had our first impact gala 
And one of the um, honorees here was Mr. Grant Gallagher, who I have with us today. So <laughs> tell us a little bit about that passion, Grant, because you sort of blended your civic or social responsibility, right, as a team member of Affinity. And to Sean's point, helped a lot of people over their years, either as team members or members. Give me a little insight to why um, hopefully you feel that passion for what you do and you're, you know, working to live or living to work. I'll let you answer that. Well, you know, I I think Sean hit on a, a good point there, where it's you know it's it's finding that that purpose and that impact. You know, it's it it doesn't necessarily mean that you you have to be going in and finding it's it doesn't have to be your dream job every day. It just has to be something you're passionate about, you care about, you feel like you're you're making a difference and and driving things forward. And you know, I, I think a lot of us are are very lucky here at Affinity that that we do feel that we are making a difference and and there is that impact. Um, you know, I'm, I'm been lucky enough to have a series of, of leaders and mentors throughout the years who have, you know, put their, put the, their, their hand out there and said, go forth, do what you think is the right thing to do. And that enabled me to spend a fair amount of time, you know, volunteering and supporting our, our community initiatives and, and things to that, you know, in that area where it's, it's never been about, uh, what's the return on investment? You know, what's why? Why does this make business sense? It was just, you know, this is this is the right thing to do. This is something a lot of people here are passionate about. Let's go out and do it and make a difference and, and support our community because that's that's just the right thing to do. Um, you know, and and when you have that freedom and and you have that ability to kind of take what you see is out there and needs fixing, and you're you're empowered to do so. It's it it's very easy to dig in. It, it it feels it feels great, and it feels like you're 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 making a difference, and what you do matters. Um, going back to that that whole purpose point before, so you know that's that's kind of one of the real sticky points for my career is I've I've always felt that I've been empowered to make change when I I thought that change needed to happen, and you know that's a that's a powerful thing, but it's you know it's it's hard for some some folks to to do. Um, especially our, our, our micromanager folks out there. But, you know, the, the reality is, um, you know, I'm, I'm a fixer. That's, that's kind of like when I see a problem, I, I try to fix it to, to the chagrin of, of my wife when she's just telling me about her day and I'm giving her all the suggestions on what she can do to, to improve it. Um, but no, it's, it's, it, that's really where I've found my passion is and, and, you know, my career well-being is that I feel empowered to do what is, what is right. I love what you uh, said, both of you, about a few things that I wanted to just kind of underline for our listeners, too. Um, I think we've all joined the credit union movement because it's about people helping people. And especially for those of you who have um, either younger people in your life or your younger person yourself, I think the one thing that I've learned through my children's eyes is when I made the move to join Affinity, it started to matter to them what I did for a living. Before that, I just traveled or I was going away on a business trip, but then I made the move to Affinity and I started bringing them to Bring Your Kids to Work Day. I, I also brought them to different volunteer opportunities. So for those of you who are listening to us and don't know this about the credit union or Affinity is we love that community part of it and that is part of our work. And I think most of us would say we live for that work in a different way than I've lived professionally before. So it's pretty important for us to serve the community and the members that we have out there, almost 220,000 of them. But more importantly, I, I want to end this segment on, on one note for both of you guys. Is there something you'd be doing different if you could today outside of the pepper making um, sauce business that Grant mentioned, or if the Marines came knocking on your door, Mr. Lubitz, and asked for your service at that level? 
Yep, yep. Um, to be totally honest with you, I, I truly love people. I like being around people. Um, one thing I've always joked about, even when I was in college, is kind of like, I guess being like a party, a party planner to an extent. So I, I like to get people together. I like to kind of promote everyone having a good time and enjoying themselves. So yeah, if there's anything I think I could kind of, you know, do as like a little side hustle right now, I feel like maybe I could, uh, I could charge for my consultation around party planning and um, again, bringing people together for, to have some fun. That's awesome. We'll, t- we'll pick that back up in our second segment. How about you, Grant? Anything different outside of hot sauce for Sean's parties? That <laughs> you, you know, uh, it's, that's, that's, a, that's a hard one. You'll have to come back to me on, on right. that one. Well, I, when we, you when know, you, before yeah. you go to the mailbag later, we'll, we'll bring that yeah. back up. <laughs> uh, I think if I uh, was to say what I wanted to do today, you know, part of me wants to uh, join Sean in his party planning. I do enjoy that. And, and then maybe run for, you know, the, I don't know, president or something in that nature. <laughs> Those two things. <laughs> Sean could plan the inaugural celebration. How about that? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Happy there to do go. it. And you get my vote. You know, I... I I will warn both of you through much of my volunteering experience, it was putting together fundraising events and parties, if you will. The The running of the party is very different than the attending of the party. So it is still fun, but it is a very different experience. So it's like your wedding, right? Exactly. When, it, when it's your wedding, you have to talk to everybody there and, and do your rounds when it's someone else's wedding yep. that you're attending. You That's just right. have a good time. Well, if we if we can think about this and ask anybody who's listening and our members in general, we'd love to hear your stories about what you live to work for or what you work to live for. And, and as we go through this next segment, we want to talk a little bit more about some of the stories we're hearing from our members about, as you mentioned before, Sean, the side hustle. Mm-hmm. So um, why don't we we'll take a take a pivot here and and talk a little bit about what fills your cup if uh, if it's not hot sauce sales or finding that baseball card in the rough? What have you all heard? from some of our members that they do as a side hustle. One thing that always stands out to me uh, when I was in the, the branch in Hillsboro, there was a member of ours that, that made her own jams. So jellies. And she would come into the branch and we, I bought them for the, the team members as a holiday gift one year. Um, she did a lot of you know sales to current membership. She was also very well known in the community, but it was something that you could tell when you spoke to her about it it was her passion. It was not her full-time job, but she truly enjoyed the ingredients and what went into it and it being all natural and the different flavorings that she could pair together and, you know, what goes with this jam, like what wine even would go with this jam compared to, you know, a beer with this one. Um, but it was very interesting to see her face light up when you, when you started to talk to her, she truly, truly loved it. And I think she was very successful, uh, probably exceeded her expectations of what she thought she would get out of this as kind of a hobby is how it started. That's pretty interesting. And when things, uh, cottage industries of sorts, right? And how people, I know one of our former colleagues started her passion and has her own bake shop, sweet shop today, right? She loved that baking process and to your point, ingredients and has just made a really nice way of it. How about you, Grant? What have you heard through the foundation or through some of the community involvement about side hustle? So one of the ones that I thought was was really interesting because it doesn't, you know, it's not a big investment startup, was uh, car detailing, and that, and actually it's a it's a local local guy in my neighborhood um, found out that you know just a couple hundred dollars in supplies and a couple hours on the weekend, and you know he he started up his own small car car detailing business and gets through probably two three cars a, a weekend 
makes, you know, some significant money when he's uh, got that downtime. So, I mean, it, it doesn't always have to be something that you're super passionate about. It can just be something that only requires a few bucks and, and some free time. Um, but, you know, that was something that, that was really inspiring where, you know, hey, the, any, any way that you can make a buck and, and people are willing to pay good money for, for that sort of service. So that, that was my inspiration. I love that. And I think that, you know, the time of year we're in, uh, a lot of people are preparing for holidays. You know, we used to have bazaars or different things you go to and you find these little crafters out there now online. I think, Sean, you mentioned the other day about Marketplace and the different digital tools. But at Affinity, you know, we have a lot of things that can help somebody who's trying to make that decision, right? So talking to somebody on the relationship manager side or some of the small business things that we've put together in the community. Any um, words of wisdom in terms of what you think could help somebody who wants to take that German of idea and really bring it out in the marketplace. Either one of you guys. Yeah, I um, I would say one thing that that I've done, and Grant, to your point too, even just about card detailing, do your homework, right? YouTube is a is an amazing thing, right? There's probably some things on there that you know you go down the rabbit hole of YouTube that you don't necessarily need to as far as card deal detailing. But if you have a passion, you can learn a lot through those videos. And there's a lot of people that share some really, really good content. Um, so it's really just putting in that time, which it really wouldn't feel like work. It wouldn't feel like homework, right? It's just something that you're genuinely interested in. But I think just doing their research prior to make sure that they are, you know, doing right by whoever they are serving. Um, but then also my recommendation would be just don't lose the passion for it, right? If, if you try to grow too much or put too much emphasis on it being this business and paying the bills, it, it can kind of lose its luster a little bit. So I would just say, take your time, um, let it grow naturally if it grows at all, but just enjoy the process. Have you ever had people come in over time through the branches or call in and say, you know, I'm just, I'm doing a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Some of it is because I just feel great. It's about my well-being. you know, I just mm -hmm. like to do it. But others are saying, you know, I need to make that extra money right now because I can't afford the extra gas prices and the grocery bills that we just talked about. So anyone coming across our threshold like that? Yeah, we, we have a lot of people actually that do woodworking. And there's been a lot of conversations we've had with members around woodworking and legitimizing their business. Um, what I would say is just be careful too about the, the costs that go into it. We had some individuals who would, would go to a um, kind of a, a craft show twice a year, but they wanted to be able to do merchant services and credit card processing. They wanted to set up a website to um, improve visibility and allow processing um, payment through websites, it it was a cost that didn't make sem sense for them to incur at that time. Um, so I would say just be be cautious of that. If you're really looking at it from the business standpoint, again, do your research and make sure that you know the the steps that you're taking are worthwhile in that moment of growing your business because there are a lot of costs out there that seem like it's the the next best step, but just make sure that it really does fit for the the plan of your business. It, one thing that that really sticks with me is just the power of social media these days where you can do some informal research to find out, you know, what sort of interest is out there. Uh, you know, before you even make that initial investment, you could throw a post up on, you know, your local Facebook page and say, hey, would anybody interested in this sort of service with this sort of pricing? Um, you know, and the other thing to keep in mind too is there's a lot of free resources out there. You know, if you came to us and, and sat with one of our business bankers, they could kind of talk you through if your business plan is, is making sense. Same thing with the small business development centers. They have a lot of free resources to help you put together a business plan and, and you know, make sure what you're planning to do makes sense before you dive in headfirst and, 
you know, get frustrated by, by uh, the expense. I love it. And you know how you take your passion and equal profit. I think the worst thing that can happen to anybody out there is that you started this passion project and you ended up with more debt or you were in a situation where the cost exceeded the value of what you're putting into the marketplace. And I'm with you, Grant, whether it's the small business development centers or our own local branches and resources here at Affinity, we are happy to help you prioritize, look at payment options, figure out what your business plan is. Sometimes uh, we have the best creative minds, but a simple business plan can go a long way to make sure we, you know what the balance of that expense could be. I was going to say also to that point too, Jackie, we have a lot of of current business members that do a lot of really unique things. So we've been very successful too, just kind of introducing, you know, Grant wants to open a brewery, right? And we have a couple breweries who are current members. So we can introduce him to those other business owners and they can share some of their successes and some of their struggles as well. So sometimes it doesn't even need to be a team member of Affinity. We have other members that have gone through it themselves. Yeah, that's part of that community network. I think one thing that we want to share with all of those listeners out there is, if you need a point of reference or a touch point out there in the marketplace, we have thousands of businesses that we work with who some started up very small, some are actually very large and can use your services, but definitely circle back to us um, and let us know where we can help. And that help just doesn't come at a cost. That help comes because we want the community to grow and feel really vibrant and succeed. Um, one last question I'll ask you guys before we go to the mailbag is, you know, how do you feel kind of leaning in with your passion and, and doing some of these things on the side? you know, filling your cup, as they say, do you think that really helps well-being? I, I know that's part of this whole thing, not just the wallet profit part, but how you feel about it. Uh, what do you guys think about that? You know, does it stimulate new interests or help you feel better connected or emotionally well? What do you, what do you think? I'll, I'll jump in here. You know, I, I think it's one of those things where, one, it depends on how much it feels like work. You know, if, if, if it's something you're passionate about and something you, you can do without too much effort, you're you're eventually going to wind up smoothing out your financial life with a little bit of extra buffer there, and that you know in totality improves your well being, right? It's it's just having that extra financial slack to not have as much stress on your your day to day finances. Um, but it, like we were saying before, it could go the opposite way if if you don't plan ahead, if you put too much pressure on yourself, if you take on too much debt and put too much, you know invest too much in it and, and it depends on its success, you're probably gonna suffer a little bit. You're probably, you know, I've I've never I've never met a small business owner, you know, who like on day one was like, yeah, this was the best idea ever. It's like they're all sorts of in debt, they're stressed out of their minds. Um, and you probably don't want to be in that place if this is just kind of like a side hustle passion project. Um, but to to that point, if like they say, if you you enjoy what you're doing. You never work a day of your life. Yeah, I think um, also to that too, Grant, one of the biggest things I think would come from kind of this side hustle conversation right, or, or doing something that you're passionate about is the community sense of well-being. So even if it is a very unique passion that you have, it again, the internet is, is an amazing thing when it comes to connecting with people. So you have the opportunity to connect people or connect with people who have that same passion, right? And share ideas and and have those conversations, whether they're, you know, down the road or across the country or in a different country entirely. So the community aspect of well-being, I think by, again, following that passion um, and again, putting, putting into it whatever is appropriate for you at that time, but being able to meet others who are passionate about the same thing and yeah. building that sense of community. 
I love that. I think we have, you know, again, physical communities as north as New Haven and as south as Middletown, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. We'd love to see some of those um, people in person come out to see us at one of our 20 locations in between or find us online. As Grant said, social media, and we will definitely help you promote the businesses. This week, um, you know, we talked to a lot of members about different things that they're passionate about. We want to get the message out there for you young entrepreneurs or just starting out or those of you who've been established for many years. We love to be local and think about the community impact that you're all having. Well, I thank you guys both for that. I thank you for staying here and not doing your side hustle because I know that there's a couple <laughs> other things you want to talk about in this episode. So Grant, I'm going to pass it over to you. All right, let's jump right into the member mailbag. Here's a question we received from a member. My wife and I recently joined Affinity and want to make sure we're taking advantage of all the benefits of membership. We currently have a shared checking, savings, and a mortgage. Is there anything else we should be considering? What do you guys think? I can think of a couple things at least. I would say absolutely. There's one of the greatest benefits of, of being a member here at Affinity is all of the options for the products and services that we do offer. Um, again, it would be kind of shooting in the dark to throw out products and services right now. But what I would say is I encourage you to visit a branch, talk to a team member in our digital branch so they can do really kind of a, a financial well-being um, and a membership review with you to make sure that these, that these even are the right products and services for you. Um, one thing I will also say is I, I feel like we need to continue to create awareness around the financial advisor and the investment side that Affinity does have to offer. I think that sometimes members aren't always fully aware that that is a service we offer with membership. So that's a piece that stands out to me that maybe is potentially an opportunity for you to deepen the relationship here at Affinity and take advantage of those benefits. Yeah, I think it's a great point. As the year comes to an end, think about your financial checkup, as Sean said. Um, Leverage us to help you review very basic things about where you have coverage, where you're trying to plan. If you're people um, out there who need estate help or should I get my first home now with interest rates on the rise, we're definitely here to help be that partner and go along side by side with you no matter where you bank. We just want to make sure we're having the conversation and I love the idea of calling in or finding us um, in the physical locations or chatting us up. We'll definitely help with all of those things. You know, they, they noted just savings, but not smart start savings in particular. So, you know, that's where my mind immediately goes, where, you know, if you don't have a smart start savings, you got to get one. It's, it's a reverse tier savings where the lower balance amounts are paying higher interest rates. You know, it, it, it makes a ton of sense if you are building an emergency fund or, you know, just saving up for something. Um, get, Three and a half percent. Yeah. To be exact, yeah. Grant. So that's a... And, so and nice probably on the rise, right? Yeah, so absolutely. keep keep a lookout for that on our website, uh, affinitycu.com, or come to us on the 800 number on that site. You'll find it, and we're happy to help. Or find us on uh, one of the many social media platforms that we're on. I know uh, we have a little bit of a product highlight to also share with you, given interest rates on the rise, right, Grant? Yeah, that's a, a great point, Jackie. Uh, you know, as interest rates are on the rise, more people are deciding to stay in their home for longer instead of moving. Uh, instead of moving to your new dream home, why not make your current home dreamy? A home equity line of credit can be a great way to make this happen. Uh, Affinity has recently extended terms for up to 20 years, allowing members to lower their monthly payments, and you can also lock in your rate up to three times. Learn more at affinityfcu.com forward slash HELOC. That's affinityfcu dot com forward slash H-E-L-O-C for more details. 
and can I say something about that too, Grant? Because I do think our HELOC um, products are amazing here at Affinity. What I always try to get across to our membership is, even if you feel like you don't have a need for it at this point, take advantage of unlocking that equity in your home because there could potentially be situations where you then need that equity, which may not be available to you. So it's a, it's a great thing to kind of just have as a, a backup at minimum, even if you feel like you don't have a need for it at this moment. And where prices are on homes in general still at historic highs. Great point, Sean. Great opportunity to, again, talk to one of our lending officers for more information on how you might qualify. All right. Well, this has been a very interesting segment today. I think we've talked about a lot of different topical things of the moment, right? We talked about cost and whether you need or want to work to live or live to work. So let's go just around one more time and, and, and give a little bit more of a parting gift uh, to each of us. What do you all think about, you know, what to focus on, where to start in this discussion, right? Go back to that well-being question. How do you self-evaluate a bit, whether gig work is for you or if there's a passion to profit opportunity in your future? What would you both recommend in closing? You know, uh, just to start, I, I think the the main thing our folks should look at is is their their full time job before even thinking about the gig work. You know, are are they putting in more hours than they want? Does it align with you know what's important to them? Because you know it doesn't matter if you have the best side gig in the world if where you're spending most of your time during the day is not making you happy. It's not gonna it's not gonna solve for it. So you know, it, people need to take a step back and think about that first. Um, but you know. We all have our lives. We all have our bills to pay. It's that that can be a big, big choice to make. Um, but looking at that side hustle as well is, uh, you know, a good way to to buffer things out. You know, even even if you don't have a passion project, you know, they have all those easy to sign up for delivery services. You know, the Uber Eats or just driving for Uber things like that. So, you know, there there are options out there. Even if you don't have that passion project, you can you can dive into and monetize. I couldn't agree more, Grant, with the um, the career piece of this, right? So just because we talk about passion projects or side hustles doesn't mean that you you should be miserable in your day-to-day job in order to take advantage of that, right? You want to really kind of reevaluate what you're doing, um, make sure that the organization is the right organization for you to be at, right? I couldn't, I can't say enough phenomenal things about Affinity and how well they take care of their employees. Obviously, that that transitions over into how we take care of our membership, but you want to make sure you're happy in what what you are doing, or at least happy with the organization that you're working for. Um, but as far as that that passion project, it doesn't necessarily even have to be monetized, right? But just make some time for yourself to do something that you truly enjoy, even if it is one or two hours a week. Um, it it really can kind of help, kind of ease the mind a little bit, and kind of recharge the batteries and get back to doing what the um, what you're tasked with within your career. Yeah, it's, it's both great, well said. One, uh, passion to profits could be a part of that, can be your dream. It could be something that you take advantage of with other services and people needing support for things like you said, Grant, Uber Eats and definitely DoorDash make them often stop at my house. So I think that those <laughs> services are definitely a way to get some additional cash in your cup if you need it. The other thing that I would also just remind everybody of is, you know, we want to hear from you. What is working out there? What, what do you think are opportunities for the rest of our community. Uh, please let us know. Uh, reach out to us via any of those outlets on social media where you see Affinity FCU, as well as just on our website, or make sure that you you know, share and subscribe to the podcast as often as you can. We're on all major platforms now. 
available for your listening delight. And with that, I want to say thank you very much to uh, Sean and Grant. Great conversation today, and we look forward to our next episode. So thank you all. Thank you so much, Jackie. It's a pleasure. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. Uh, And as Jackie said, if you have any questions or comments for our future member mailbag segments, please send it to at AffinityFCU on Facebook or Twitter with the hashtag member mailbag. And of course, we always appreciate if you rate, like, and subscribe for more Wellbeing in Your Wallet podcast. And you can visit us on our website, affinityfcu.com, for more additional information about financial well-being and affinity products.